This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Tallahassee, a rainy, kind of gloomy, kind of exciting morning. And guess what? It's 11.30 a.m. It's a 94.1 Wave 94. And you are listening to Escape to Heaven. Uh, This is Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia. And I cannot believe what God wants me to talk about today. And it's called separation. I don't even like that word. I, I, oh my goodness. The minute I say the word, I feel like, oh my God, something's not great going to happen. But we're not looking at it the way how God looks at it. And God, I cite separate because of a purpose. And that's what he's done consistently. Anytime he separates Primarily, it's because there is a purpose. So I needed to convince not just you, but myself that separation is not bad, but actually it is a God purpose. Amen. And so Genesis, the first chapters where I actually found uh, separation, the 14th verse, it says, then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to separate, divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. So the Lord separated day and night and then he made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the nights. He made the stars also. So the principle of separation and God, I cite, it is good. Even um, the 17th verse, it says, God set them in the firmaments of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to separate slash divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. So now from a God perspective, we know that separate in God eyesight is a good thing. We look again over in Genesis, the fourth chapter, uh, starting at the fourth verse, and we'll see that Cain and Abel, uh, they were born to Adam and Eve after they had left the, um, the Garden of Eden. And it came in the process of time, Cain brought an offering of the fruit, uh, and Abel brought an offering of the flock, and the Lord respected Abel, but did not respect Cain for their offerings. And Cain was very angry. 
And so it came to pass that Cain literally killed his brother. And when the Lord questioned him, uh, he said he didn't know where he was. And the Lord said, hey, the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. So now here's the separation. You are cursed. Okay. Because uh, the earth, which has opened this mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. So now um, Cain was actually a tiller of the ground. And uh, the Lord said, hey, you will no longer have the strength of the earth given to you and you will be a fugitive and a vagabond upon the earth. Now Cain said, but Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. I mean, what am I going to do? Uh, anybody can kill me. And here's the separation again. And the Lord said to him in the 15th verse, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. So that's the principle, again, of separation. Cain has been separated from mankind and the entire race of mankind. Uh, and uh, the Lord placed a mark on Cain. That's even a sign of separation. Matter of fact, when we think about it over in Revelations, to talk about receiving the mark. That's, oh, God, I never even thought of that. That uh, there would come a time when we would have a one world government and um, we would, uh, all mankind, rich, small, slave, whatever, will receive a mark or die. And the mark will be in the forehead and the hand. So a mark... In the word of God, it symbolizes separation. Now, for the purposes of the Lord, our creator, the separation served as a good thing for Mark. I mean, for Cain, uh, because that Mark would tell people, don't touch him. Do not touch him because a curse will come upon you. The Lord uh, shows us another example of separation uh, when he deals with Zeth. And that's Genesis, the fourth chapter, verse 25. Okay. And it says, Adam knew his wife. Again, she bore a son and named him Zeth. And he said, because God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel, which Cain killed. And as for Zeth, to him also a son was born and he named him Enosh. Then men began to call on the name of the Lord. So the separation here that resulted from Cain and Abel, it allowed Zeth to be born. And so now another separation occurs because once Zeth is born, Enosh is born, and then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. Over in Genesis, the sixth chapter, uh, now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God, which mean angels saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves of whom they choose. Now here's, we're going to see separation coming now. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be 120 days. Now there were giants in the earth and after with the sons of men, uh, sons of God came into the daughters of men. They bore children. 
to them. They were mighty men of old, men of renown. But the wickedness of man God saw was great, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he made man and it grieved his heart. Verse number seven. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping things and birds of the air. For I'm sorry that I have made them. Here's separation. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a just man. His genealogy was perfect in generations and Noah walked with God. So that is separation because Noah was able to be separated from the entire human race. And, and there were a couple of reasons. One, he was a just man. Two, he was perfect in his genealogy. He was not mixed with angel blood. And three, he walked with God. So we are seeing that separation from God's perspective is because of a purpose. And what the purpose uh, for Noah was to save mankind, to redeem mankind, even though the Lord had made up his mind to destroy all mankind. But because of Noah, mankind was not destroyed. Because of uh, Noah, his wives, his sons, the entire world was repopulated. In Genesis, the ninth chapter, uh, right here, verse number one, we can start there. I'm using the Bible right here in front of me. And God blessed Noah and his sons, said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Now, he is, God is showing a separation between mankind and everything else that's been created. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, every bird. And on all the fish, they are given into your hands. So at the time of Noah, God himself shows the principle of separation. Why? He separated all that he created. And there were two, two pots. One is um, the fear of mankind is on the beasts, the birds and the fish. And those that have the fear of mankind, they are given into the hands of mankind. So they're separated. Mankind has rulership, literally, from the time that God blessed Noah. And every moving thing that lives shall be food. And God gave even all of the trees. Okay, there was one stipulation that you cannot eat flesh with blood running in it. Because uh, life is in the blood. So that was separation. Uh, God separated Noah and his sons even further. Verse number nine, he says, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants and with every living creature, birds, cattle, beasts, of all that come out of the ark, every beast of the earth. So what is the covenant? Notice how specific, though, I just thought of that, God's covenant is. His covenant is, well, maybe that's because that's the only thing that was alive at that time. He said, every beast, 
bird cattle that came out of the ark, every beast of the earth, God established a covenant. And never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. When there is separation, there has to be some kind of mark, some kind of sign, some kind of event, action. Genesis 9th chapter, verse number 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you. He's speaking to Noah and his sons and every living creature that is with you for perpetual, that means forever, generations. I set my rainbow. So the rainbow is a sign from God. It's not for a lifestyle. <laughs> it is a sign from God. Verse number 13, I set my rainbow in the clouds and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between God and the entire earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. I will remember, this is what God is saying, my covenant, which is between me and you being Noah and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and God will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this, meaning the rainbow, is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. What am I trying to say to you? I am trying to say to you that God separated Okay, first we saw him separate man from all the other creation, living creation. And he put all the living creation under the rulership of mankind. Then you saw him uh, create this rainbow and say, this is um, a covenant. So he separated Noah and everything that was with Noah and said, so this is my covenant, you know that I will never again destroy the earth with the rainbow. So these three sons that Noah had, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, these three were the sons of Noah, and from these three, the entire earth has been populated. That's verse number 19. So literally, God has uh, kind of separated all of us from the spirit of death into the spirit of life by this rainbow. Because anytime it rains like that, that rainbow comes up, God remembers that he cannot kill and destroy the earth as, as it happened before. Okay? I think that's a, a lot to learn right there. Uh, there's even evidence that God separated, um, there was this guy named Canaan. Canaan was the son of Ham. So the story is that Ham saw the nakedness of his father when he was drunk and went outside to tell his brothers. And uh, when Noah woke up, Noah cursed Canaan. Now, he did not curse Ham. So he said, why? 
Why didn't he curse him? Well, how could he? When Genesis, the ninth chapter, first verse, it says, God blessed Noah and his sons. That would include him. So whoever God bless, no man can curse. Therefore, Noah did not have the power or the authority to curse Ham, who actually violated, you know, his father. But he did have the authority and power to curse his generation. So he cursed Canaan. And here's what the curse says that he will be a servant of servants and he shall be a servant to all his brethren. And so he would serve Shem, he would serve Shepheth, and um, Canaan will be the servant to, to everyone. That, that's what the curse is all about. And so that is the separation. And that purpose uh, is that um, uh, there's, there's an entire group of individuals Specifically, anyone that's a Canaanite, and they have been cursed naturally to be servants to all else. That's that's weird. So there's a group of people that's born under Ham lineage, and their father is Canaan. And if you were a Canaanite because of Noah, you have been separated to be cursed. And the curse is that you will serve everyone in the world, everyone, because the world was populated by the three sons, Shem, Ham, and Shaphat. Hmm. Wow. So separation is a very powerful concept. Uh, over in Genesis, the 10th chapter, verse 32, it says that... Um, the sons of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, uh, according to their generations and their nations, from these, the nations were divided. So again, separation. So if you're born under Shem, then you belong to the Shem nation. You're born under Ham, you belong to the Ham nation. That's all delineated in Genesis, the 10th chapter. And if you were born to Ham, then you're under that nation. So the entire world is literally separated by three, those three brothers. In Genesis, the 11th chapter, the Lord literally himself comes down and separate the language of all mankind. So I'll read that. Now the whole earth had one language, one speech. And uh, they decided to build a city or a tower. And they say, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we'll be scattered over the entire face of the whole earth. But what happened? Verse number five. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man or men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. They all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing that they proposed to do 
will be withheld from them. He said, come, let us go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So it is the Lord that separated, scattered mankind from that point abroad over the face of the whole earth. And that way they stopped building the city. Therefore, his name is called Babel because there the Lord separated or confused the language of all the earth. And from that spot, geographically, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. So separation in this particular episode was to prevent mankind from literally going to heaven <laughs> as it seemed like without being righteous. I mean, so it's like we're going to have the war or continue the war and we're going to continue it by coming from heaven influenced by the dragon that's over at that time. Uh, most of the earth was in agreement with the satanic forces so or evil forces because they were in agreement to build a city, build a tower that would reach up into the heavens. And that meant that they were not interested in going to heaven through Jesus Christ. That was not their concern. So therefore, they were not in agreement with the creator God. And he came down and separated them. In Genesis, the 12th chapter, we see separation again. And I hope that what you're beginning to understand is that when the Lord separates us, it's for a purpose that's a whole lot bigger than us. I do not like the word separation too much. <laughs> I don't like being away from my family, my friends, my familiarity, the things I know and understand. I kind of like staying comfortable, but God will separate you from the things that you know and understand to bring you to a higher level with him, higher level of intimacy, but more importantly, to complete your destiny, fulfill whatever he created you to do and to benefit others. So Genesis, the uh, 12th chapter now the Lord had said to Abram, and Abram's father, for those who don't know, it was Terah. Uh, I believe Terah had a couple of sons. Uh, one died, but had a son named Lot. So he had Abram and his grandson Lot, and he grabbed them, and they went and lived over in Ur. You know, and back then, Ur was a city of a whole lot of different gods and so forth. Ideology, idolatry. But the Lord came to Abram in the midst of this kind of existence and said, get out of your country. Here's, here's, this is a good, great explanation of separation from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And then you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. Now, that is a great definition of separation. Uh, Abraham, Abraham, it's not Abraham, it's Abraham, departed. 
took his uh, nephew and his wife with him and um, passed through the land and the place of Shechem. And uh, they came to the land of Canaan, the same Canaan that was cursed by Noah. And the Canaanites at that time were actually in the land. But look at what God did. Wow, those. And, and I didn't read to you who the Canaanites are. Let me read that to you. The Canaanites are some of their family members. Okay. In Genesis 10, chapter, verse number 15, Canaan begot Sidon and Heth and the Jebusites, Amorites, Gigershite, Hivite, Archite, Sinite, Arvidite, Samarite, Hamatitith. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites were dispersed. All of those ites are generally, when you research their physical appearance and makeup, they were generally like offspring of mixture with um, fallen angels. Most of them were either kind of like Nephilim or an offspring of the Nephilim and were giants. And so when the Lord separates us, he'll show us something that's so big that if you didn't have any faith, you would just turn around and run away. And that's what he did in Genesis 12, chapter, verse number seven. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. The Canaanites were actually in the land. And they were big, 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 big people. They were the ites people. And there he built, there he built, meaning Abram built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So the point that I'm making here, and you're listening to Escape to Heaven, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ, Servant Marcia, is that God separates you may not feel good, may look impossible, may be much more than you'll ever imagine, but nothing is impossible with God. And he has a plan, and his plan is always to bless you. So allow him to separate you, submit like Abraham did, and let it be counted as righteousness. Amen? And Genesis, the, um, I believe it's the 13th chapter, uh, Abram went up from Egypt and he had his wife and had his nephew Lot with him with his family and Abram was very rich. So a lot of times we think when God separate us from a lifestyle of sin that he wants us to be poor and in poverty. Yet the Bible does not show that. Instead it shows uh, what I'm reading here in Genesis 13 chapter verse number 2. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Went on his journey from the south to Bethel to the same place where he made that altar. And there, Abram began to call and called on the name of the Lord. So I'm stopping for a moment so I can understand this. So when we become rich and blessed and wealthy and influential, because we're now submitting to the things of the Lord, we are to still make sacrifices. We're still to become much more intimate with God because we're going to need him even much more than we did before. 
So Lot, who was with Abram, he also had flocks and herd and tent. Didn't say he was very rich, but he did have an abundance. The land was not able to support them both because um, their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together and there was strife. That's a separation word, strife, between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. So the Canaanites again <laughs> and the parasites <laughs> dwelt in the land. So Abram said to Lot, okay, please let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. It's not the whole land before you. Please, there go the words, separate from me. If you take the left, I'll take the right. Or if you go to the right, I'll take the left. And so Lot looked at all the beautiful area. And of course, he took the beautiful area. <laughs> and so Lot chose for himself all the plain of Jordan. Lot traveled east and they separated from each other. Again, purpose. So what is the purpose in this case? Well, Lot ended up going to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And that place became, was very wicked and sinful against the Lord. And, um, and all it did was the Lord now looks at Abram, who's who, Abram, still hadn't changed his name, after Lot had separated from him, said, lift your eyes and look over all this place and I give this land to you and your descendants forever. So the separation allowed for God to make a new promise to uh, Abram, it allowed Lot to go to the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, which allowed them to be judged. And uh, for that that uh, hailstorm and all the things that the lightning from heaven destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, and uh, it, it allowed the creation of two of the tribes, the Moabites and Amorites, uh, from Lot's loins with his daughters. So God always have purpose. And I think that's the point for you and I to remember separation. It may not feel good. Okay. But it, in God's eyesight, it's going to create nations. Uh, it's going to enhance the kingdom of God. And even, uh, I'll just look at Jesus one time here on Luke. 12th chapter, verse um, 49, just one more, one more instance here, and it talks about separation. Jesus said, I came to send fire on the earth. <laughs> okay, uh, I have a baptism to be baptized with. <laughs> uh, do you suppose I came to give peace on earth? This is Jesus talking. I tell you not. At all, but rather division or separation. So Jesus came himself to separate. <laughs> uh, that's why you're separated from uh, sinners and unbelievers. Uh, and even within believers, we're separated into the remnant and the body. And here's Jesus speaking, verse 52. From now on, five and one house will be divided. Three against two and two against three. Father will be divided against son, son against father, mother against daughter, 
daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. What is he saying? You receive Jesus, you're separated from those that do not. Those that receive Jesus, you're separated unto salvation. Those that do not receive Jesus, well, you're separated unto death eternally. So separation is an inherent principle of God's entire kingdom. And so today I'm going to pray for us, me included, (laughs) that we don't uh, go crazy and get sad when we are separated. Amen. Um, I want to go to one more thing. Luke, the 13th chapter says, Lord, are there few who are saved? And this is what Jesus said to them. He says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Okay. So that's another separation. Those that go through the narrow gate. Those that go through the wide road of destruction and continue. Verse 25, when the master of the house has risen up and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. He will answer and say to you, I do not know you where you are from. And then you will begin to say, well, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And I want to stop right there before I go any further. It's not enough to be in the presence of God. You must, you must be intimate with Him. You must accept Him, receive Him. He has to be inside of you. <laughs> okay? But He will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets and the kingdom of God, and then you will be thrust out. I don't know if you get it, but here's what I get. There's a moment in our existence where literally you could end up at the door of heaven, of the kingdom of heaven. And you'll be able to see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the prophets. And guess what? Because Jesus do not know you, even though you utilize the anointing of God. Okay? You utilize the word of God. Okay? But you did not become intimate with Jesus or God. And intimacy means that you love him. And God, uh, you know, makes it plain or the Bible makes it plain that those that love God does what? Obey his commandments. So that's how you exemplify love. You're reading the word, you're internalizing it, you're applying it, you're, you're obeying and the Holy Spirit will empower you. But if you're not inclined towards that, then guess what? He does not know you. Father God, I pray, Lord that you bless the word that has gone forth so far. And God, that you you empower us, Lord, to accept separation, God. And that we realize that separation is our destiny. It is for your purpose. It's for the kingdom of heaven, God. It's for our good. 
And so, Father, I ask you to bless us, to receive it, acknowledge it, walk in it. And in Jesus' mighty name, I declare and decree deliverance, salvation, healing, revelation, and understanding, Lord, of your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for allowing me to talk more about separation. Be ye separated, you know. Uh, it says, come out from among them. <laughs> Amen. And uh, you don't want to be counted with the world. You want to be in the world, but not of the world. Amen. And just like it says, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I encourage you, saints of God, to be separated from the things of this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.